Hi, welcome to the Cover 4 Katie podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Ebright. I'm Zach Barker. For the first half today, we're going to talk about basketball standings, playoff outlook, our player of the week, our team of the week, our upcoming game of the week, playoff predictions, and some wrestling and swimming shoutouts. For the second half, we're going back to football. We're going to talk about National Signing Day, some news with the Seven Lakes coaching job, possible opponent for Katie, and some listener questions. Our overtime, we have an interview with Darius Alford, guard from Seven Lakes. All right, let's take a look at the men's and women's basketball standings. Um, the playoff teams have not changed from last week. Um, there's a bit of a shakeup in the standings, but other than that, the playoff teams are set. So men's basketball, we've got Tompkins at first place, taking the district championship at 12-1. and Morton Ranch moved up to 10-3. and They're in second. At third place, we've got Strake Jesuit. Who cares? Fourth place, we've got Seven Lakes at 8-5. and That'll round up the playoff teams for... Um, 196A men's basketball at fifth. Taylor finished five and eight. Sixth, Katie finished at five and eight. At seventh, Cinco Ranch finished three and ten, and Maid Creek finished 0 and 13 in district. Women's basketball, Seven Lakes took the district championship, finished at 11 and one. Katie finished 10 and two in second place. Third place, Taylor finished eight and four. Fourth place, Tompkins at five and seven. That wraps up the playoff berths for the women's basketball. In fifth place, we've got Morton Ranch at four and eight. Sixth place, Cinco Ranch three and nine, and Maid Creek at seventh at one and eleven. All right, let's go look at the men's basketball playoff um, outlook here. So we've got Tompkins, Morton Ranch, Strake, no one cares, and Seven Lakes. Um, we got to look at Seven Lakes play Morton Ranch. Uh, we got to watch Darius Alford and L.J. Cryer go head to head. What do you think about that matchup and uh, from those two players specifically? Uh, I thought overall it was a it was just a well rounded well played game. Uh, both teams came out a little a little flat, a little slow. It looked like to be a low scoring uh, matchup, and uh, both teams just just turned on the turned on the freaking heat, man. It was yeah. a, it was a high scoring game. LJ was going at it. He was going straight to the hole. Not a lot of jump shots. He was just I mean at will. Whether it was fast break or taking it from the top of the key, he was just driving straight to the hole. Uh, LJ is a special talent, man. He you know we saw it firsthand. He. He's able to just blow by defenders as soon as he gets the ball, as soon as he gets the inbound. Obviously, Tompkins matched up well against them um, the other night. They took home the district title. Um, so Tompkins is probably going to be the team to watch. Uh, Seven Lakes has a pretty good squad as well. They've got a good point guard, Darius Alford, obviously. Uh, he's going to join us for the overtime period. He's a special talent. He's a special shooter. Um, it's going to be fun to watch those teams. I'm really expecting all three KDISD teams to make a pretty good push into the playoffs. Um, it's going to be exciting stuff to watch. Um, and then on the women's side, obviously you've got Seven Lakes is always a powerhouse when it comes to basketball. A bit of a surprise to me, Katie coming in at second place at 10-2. and two. I don't know much about the Katie women's basketball team, but a pretty good season from them overall. Um, and then obviously Taylor and Tompkins uh, wrapping up the playoffs. And Tompkins is pretty impressive, I've got to say. Their first year, uh, well, I guess not their first year, but a pretty brand new program. And the men's basketball, obviously, taking home the very first district championship for that school. Um, that's awesome stuff from them. And then the women's, uh, on the women's side, they're they're in the playoffs for women's basketball. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah, it speaks volumes. Um, we talked about how difficult it is to start a program from nothing and yeah. try and compete, especially in a, in a district as competitive as 196A is, and then a region like in Houston. you got talent, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, when you got a brand new school, it's it's tough to st- just compete from the jump, right? Um, and to have both your basketball teams uh, not only in the playoffs but your men's dominating the district, um, it, it's impressive. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's awesome stuff from every school. Uh, congrats on making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be watching you. 
Um, hopefully, you know, our KISD teams all make a pretty good run in the playoffs. And then let's go ahead and move into our weekly awards here. So team of the week, I went ahead and gave it, gave it to the Seven Lakes women's basketball team. Another district championship. They've just dominated women's basketball. Uh, they dominated men's basketball there for a, a really long time too with Coach Dan Miller. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a little bit of a a little bit of a slump, but obviously still a powerhouse program um, in the city of Houston. And then let's move over to the player of the week. We've got to give it to LJ Cryer. We talked about him earlier. The dude's a monster. Yeah, especially uh, in that that matchup against Seven Lakes. It was a it was a pretty back and forth game. Seven Lakes had the edge on him there for a little bit. Had the lead at the half and was. Trying to hold on, and Mort Ranch just gave a one heck of a push there in the second half, led by LJ. It was just too much for Seven Lakes to take there. All the way down to the stretch, it was a two-point game. But uh, he really took over when they needed it, and, and they came out with the win, which gave them the edge and, and took them up to that two spot in the district. So. Yeah, and one thing about Morton Ranch, too, we've got to really compliment them here. We, you know, we watched them. They have eight guys on that varsity team. So, you know, typically I think – for varsity basketball program, you're at least rolling with 10 guys. Yeah, I'd imagine 10 to 12. Yeah. Seven Lakes had more guys on the bench for sure. Definitely. Morton Ranch only had eight guys, and they they went into the Seven Lakes game more of like a road team where, you know, you go into a hostile environment as a road team, and you kind of try to hang around, and then you make your last push to try to get the game in your hands at the at the last second. Uh, Morton Ranch played – was at, this game was at Morton Ranch. They played it more of like a, a road team. Um, kind of hung around with Seven Lakes, and then at the very end, obviously, LJ Cryer took over. Um, he got fouled at the end of the game, was able to knock two free throws down, which gave Morton Ranch the win. Uh, just huge stuff. And we talked about that. I think a lot of like what had to do with that is because they only had eight guys. Um, you got to be more conservative with your energy and with what you can do in the first half. And I would imagine that that does play a part in your strategy that mm-hmm. you, you got to wait and you got to hang around and keep it close and then, and then really turn on the burners in the second half. Yeah, definitely. So. All right. So back to the, back to our awards, uh, the game of the week, looking forward, I went ahead and gave it to the women's Katie basketball team. They're going to be playing Ridge point in the first round of the playoffs. Both teams, I, I believe are 28 and three. That's going to be a really interesting matchup for the first round of the playoffs. Um, hopefully Katie, Women's basketball team's able to pull that off, give some KDISD some love there in the women's playoffs. Um, it's going to be fun stuff. Playoff predictions uh, for both sides. I think Tompkins is going to make a pretty good run. I, I really do fully expect the top four men's basketball teams for 1968 to make a pretty good push in the state playoffs. At least, you know, I'd like to see one team get to regionals here. Uh, women's basketball, I think Seven Lakes is going to make a pretty good run. I'd like to see them in the state playoff, uh, that final four. I think it's absolutely possible for them to do so best of luck to all those teams obviously we're pulling for pulling for each and every one of y'all uh wish you the best go out and represent 196 day well let's get into a couple of shout outs for wrestling katie wrestling flipped the district so congratulations to them and coach Lowe, uh the wrestling coach for katie high school is the boys and girls wrestling coach of the year so congratulations to coach Lowe. A couple of swimming shout-outs as well, or swimming and diving. KDISD swept regional diving for, and uh, women's diving, so congratulations to everybody, wow. uh, especially Chloe Sayanis. She broke the uh, Katie High School record, and uh, she won regionals and is going on to state. And then also a shout-out to John Sadler from Katie High School. He finished second in regionals and will be competing in state as well. So good luck to the both of you. That's awesome stuff. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our first half. We'll see you in the second half. Welcome back to the second half. All right, we're going to start talking about um, Football National Signing Day. I wish we could cover everybody. We just don't have time to cover every sport, so we're just going to look at football for now. So starting with Cinco Ranch, we've got the Keith Twins. 
um, attending the University of Utah. Then we've got Josh Ophelia heading to Brown University. Tyler Warall is going to Columbia University. And Bryston Kane is heading to Texas A&M University Commerce. Katie High School, you have Joseph Fisher going to Louisiana College. Evan Greathouse playing for Segu. Jonah Liebeshek going to Oklahoma Baptist. Jacob Leiter playing for Texas A&M Kingsville. Austin Marshall going to Southern Arkansas. Josh Oglesby, Texas A&M Kingsville. Santee Parker, University of Mary Harden Baylor. Keyshawn Rowe, A&M Kingsville. Gavin Spangler, Benedictine College. Jacob Thornton, Missouri University of Science and Technology. Moro Ojimo, University of Texas. And that wraps it up for Katie. And then going to Maid Creek, we've got Keontae Fiakapui heading to Trinity Valley Community College. And Ike Nisoido heading to Tyler Junior College. They'll be playing against each other as they're in the same conference. Seven Lakes, you have Rick Barrick, Southern Arkansas. Derek Jones, University of Mary Harden Baylor. Trey Jones, Mary Harden Baylor. Keelan Johnson, Mary Harden Baylor. Garrett Scott going to HBU. Tyler Strain, Henderson State University. Jaquan Bloomfield, ULM, Louisiana Monroe. And that's it for Seven Lakes. Then heading over to Taylor, we've got Praise Amaweli. Sorry if I just butchered your name. Heading to UTEP. Then we've got Ian Beek heading to Houston Baptist University. Austin Lefevre heading to Southwestern University. And Otito Ogbanya heading to UCLA with Chip Kelly. And then we've got Levi Rucker heading to the University of Texas Permian Basin. And then Max Wright, obviously, heading to Texas A&M University. So that wraps it up for the football signees. Uh, Let's talk about a little bit about this Seven Lakes coaching situation. Obviously, Lydell Wilson was reassigned. Let's talk a little bit about that. I've spoken about him previously. You know, I mentioned, like, he's got off to a great start at Seven Lakes. It's unfortunate to see him go. I was a big fan of his um, and what he did for Seven Lakes. Uh, What are your thoughts about it? Uh, I don't I don't know too much about him. I wasn't as familiar with him as you were. I think the Seven Lakes, they definitely had some years where, where they competed. They played some tight games with Katie, and they've been up there in the in the playoff chase pretty persistently. It is unfortunate any time a head coach leaves because a, a program does have to not necessarily start from scratch, but they got to bring someone else in, and it's a it's a whole it's a new period, it's a new era. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do I do hope that. They bring in somebody that does the job well, somebody that fits that program well, and is able to take them, you know, to, to success. Uh, obviously, we'll keep an eye on that. Anything that we hear from prospective hires or, or just who the next hire is, uh, we'll keep you all updated. And I think it's I think it's important to uh, to mention, you know, the program at Seven Lakes really demands more. I guess they expect to win. Obviously, it's unfortunate. Coaching is a it's a tough industry, you know. So for Coach Wilson. You know, we wish you the best. You're in our thoughts. You know, your family's in our thoughts. Uh, we'll be thinking about you. But at the same time, you know, Seven Lakes, you know, they've they've had a good program in the past and they expect a lot more. Uh, they're expecting to win. Um, so hopefully it's an easy, easy going for everybody moving forward. But we'll keep you updated as that coaching search goes along. And whoever whoever does happen to come in and take that job, they definitely have plenty of talent to, to ease that transition. Sure. Seven Lakes absolutely has talent. Don't, absolutely. don't get that messed up. So. Absolutely. And then, so let's, all right, now let's talk about the nitty gritty of this. We've got a possible Katie opponent now for pre-district. We're looking at Duncanville. Uh, we've watched some film on them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so that's that's the uh, the possible opponent so far, just from what we've heard. Uh, I don't think it's official yet, but if that is the matchup, I think that's a, I think that's a great matchup. Obviously, Katie is at this point looking to get anybody to fill that game since the Woodlands are out, but you can tell 
with the predisposed schedule that they have, that, that they are absolutely trying to challenge themselves. They, they are not trying to they're not trying to ease into it. They want to have a tough, challenging pre-district season, so that once they get through district and get to the playoffs, they're battle tested and they're ready to go to handle different types of teams, different levels of talent, whatever whatever the case may be. Uh, from what we saw on tape, Duncanville is a very athletic team on both sides of the ball. They run a they run a four three defense. Uh, they like to get up, uh, kind of get up in your face in the in the trenches. They got some big boys. They got a little bit of speed on the edge. Mm-hmm. They can definitely dis- disrupt you in the backfield, and they they'll go side to side with you for sure. Yeah. Fortunately, that's not necessarily our game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, so uh, uh, another thing too on the defensive side of the ball, anyways, they're you know I don't think they're afraid of anyone else's speed. Their safeties look like they were lined up seven yards off the ball. Um, they'll walk those safeties up. Their corners are man to man. They're pressed up. Um, that'll be interesting to see against that KD offense. Uh, they're going to load the box on them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Bronson's going to have to sling it around a little bit, I think, on them. Uh, and then going to Duncanville's offensive side of the ball, man, they've got they've got some big receivers. Uh, they're big up front. Uh, they look a little slow up front, but they do have some big. They've got some big offensive linemen, uh, tall, fast receivers. Um, it looks like they carry a pretty big running back. Obviously, I think I think that guy's graduated, but. A sophomore quarterback, I believe we said he's coming back as a junior. Yeah, the I think the main guy like we always saw they had a two looked like they had a two quarterback rotation. I believe the main guy that we saw as was far as the actual captain of the offense and mm-hmm. was kind of dig, like, throwing the ball around more was a senior. They had another guy they brought in for for running type situations. We saw some QB powers and stuff that they ran. Yeah, that I think he was a sophomore. He busted he busted one against DeSoto for a solid 50, yeah. 60 yard gain. So uh, if he's the guy next year. Mobile quarterbacks in the past have caused problems for Katie's defense. I think that Katie reloading on the defensive line does leave them vulnerable to a team like that with speed across the board right. and a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that could be interesting. With those big big receivers and the and the speed on the edge, Katie's secondary should be the strong point of their defense next year. They got some veteran guys coming back with with varsity experience and some good young talent coming up for the at the corner position, uh, Hunter Washington and uh, Kyle Massey. Longer guys, taller guys than Katie's corners have been in the past, so we'll be able to match up a little bit better with some mm. of these taller receivers. So it'll be interesting, absolutely. I mean, Duncanville was, was it 11, 11 and one, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. they beat Desoto, they beat Skyline, they beat Cedar Hill. I mean, they're yeah, they're not they're nothing to mess with. And so. that, that was what I was going to touch on. So for those of you that aren't familiar with Duncanville, uh, Brandon just mentioned, you know, these guys they beat Desoto, they beat Cedar Hill, they beat Skyline pretty handedly. Um, 45 to 7 I think it's a solid team uh, for those of you that don't know about Duncanville we're unsure obviously where that game will be played either way I think it's gonna be a fun matchup if Katie has to go up to Dallas or if Duncanville comes down to Katie I think it'll be a fun game to watch Uh, Duncanville I I think they're legit it's gonna be that'll be a fun matchup for Katie that'll be fun stuff all right so now let's go over to our listener question Let's take a look here on Twitter. All right, so we had a listener question. Here it is. With football being under more scrutiny because of because of head injuries, how does KDISD come up with the latest technologies and safety options to keep the game safe but still protect the integrity of the game we all love? As a single father and coach of a KYF team, I'm always looking for safer ways for my boys to play the game and still be just as physical. We're all very fortunate to, to live in this town and be in this district. The district, they do a great job of, of taking care of, I think, every program mm-hmm. as far as equipment, you know, funding, whether it's from, from boosters or from ticket sales or whatever. It's, I, know, I know that we all, the equipment that we get, whether it's you know, all the Rydell and, and the, you know, the Revos and the Speed, like all the helmets that we get are 
it's top notch stuff. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the latest and whatever's out. Yeah. And they and they update it, and we get new helmets. I mean, the helmets that we had my senior year were not the same helmets that we had when I came in. Right. So they constantly update with with the newest technology that we have as far as head safety and things like that. And I can't speak to other programs, but I know that at KD we emphasized tackling technique. Uh, we definitely emphasized strengthening our necks in the weight room. That's one thing yeah. that we did. We we put a lot of emphasis on that going to the neck machine and making sure that especially in the spring and in the off season that with throwing any kind of weight that we had on if you're if you're putting weight on you may go hit the neck machine and make sure that that's the most stable thing on your body right. because that's the thing <laughs> you're throwing around most of the time yeah so and so back to the equipment that you know um for those of you that are unfamiliar with football equipment the same the same gear that our guys are wearing on friday nights are the same caliber gear that the guys are, are wearing on sunday afternoon so you know, like he said, like Brandon said, we're well funded. The guys are taken care of as far as equipment. And then back to technique, the technique has really transitioned, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen. The tackling technique has gone from head across um, to making sure you're in front of a ball carrier to near hip to near shoulder. So if you want to research um, rugby style tackling, um, I know that Pete Carroll has been a big advocate of um, rugby style tackling. I think that's where um, football technique for tackling has really transitioned to um, is rugby style. Um, it takes the head out of the tackle. It really emphasizes getting that shoulder into the hip of the ball carrier. And then there's there's a different variety. Um, I know in college we transitioned to the hawk and roll. So it's near hip to near shoulder. And then you drop, wrap up, drop, and um, turn to make sure that the ball carrier comes down. So as far as technique, that's what I've seen the technique trans- transition to. Um, pretty interesting stuff, and then um, I, I think I think a lot of the the rule changes and just kind of the the whole culture of the game. The game's changed. The game's evolved. And right. That's, that's top to bottom. NFL, college, high school. It doesn't matter. The game has changed, and the rules have changed. And it's all mostly for safety purposes mm-hmm. uh, because of people's concerns. So there, there's a lot. You know, you're penalized for throwing your head in another guy's head. You're right. penalized for leading with the crown. You're, you're penalized for all these things. So not only is there the health concern, but as a coach, you don't want to take the 15 yards either. Right. And as a player, you know that you could take the 15 yards. So there's a lot of things pushing you away from the, some of these bad habits or some of these more dangerous techniques. Uh, so I think that all those things play a factor into the, the game. Has, they're trying to make the game as safe as possible. Right. So, and I wish Tanner was here to talk about it. I'm sure he would have a lot to say. Obviously, we're going to have some discussions as, as far as his job security is concerned because <laughs> he just doesn't like to show up for work, I guess. Um, but – <laughs> regardless yeah the the rules have changed and i do believe it's mostly for safety um obviously i think you and tanner would probably have different opinions uh i played quarterback in high school and it's i understand why it's hard for defend you know i was a five seven quarterback mm-hmm. so you go in one week you're playing a six four guy and then the next week you're coming to <laughs> tackle me like where, <laughs> where's your target zone at like why why would it change a foot <laughs> you know it's so it's hard on defenders um, the defenseless receiver stuff is even more difficult because that's, you know, you've got two guys going at full speed. How are you supposed to determine a target zone? And my main, and I, I know you, this, I'm a defensive guy, so I'm a little biased, but my main issue with that is if you're going to take that away, where does it stop? You know, because right. crack blocks are 100% legal. <sighs> and what makes me coming down from the safety spot any less defenseless than mm-hmm. a receiver going across the middle for a ball? Exactly. Uh, so I, I think that we might see some of that stuff. I have seen some crack blocks get flagged just because if they hit them so high it's it's a lot more rare yeah um but i do think that things like that are going to start to get taken away and that's where you start getting closer to the integrity of the game 
And that's where that's where some of these concerns come is because you do want your kids to be safe, especially once you once you're out of the game and you're not playing anymore and you have kids of your own. Obviously, it's a, you're a lot more concerned. Definitely. Uh, but at the same time, as a parent, you you can do your own research and you can look into things like if you want to if you want to look into different types of helmets that the district may not have. Like I know for a fact that when Tanner was in junior high and I think early in high school. He, he brought his own helmet, yeah. which you're more than welcome to do. You don't have to use the school's equipment if you don't want to do that. You can invest, like, for your kid. I think he had a Zenith helmet, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be, you know, like, the ahead, ahead of the curve, yeah. you know, specifically made for nothing but concussion, you know, proof technology. Yeah. It's supposed to absorb a lot more of the cushion. and So you can look into it. There are companies that develop special types of helmets that are less about comfortability and more about safety. Uh, Zenith being one of the main ones, so you can do you can do your own research, and you're more like, the district doesn't care. You just have to bring your helmet in, and a lot as long as the the coaches can look at it and they can check the same checklist that everybody has right. to check for their helmet, and it meets all the requirements, then you're good to go. Yeah. But uh, but the district they're very very like, like I said you have we have that checklist, and all the coaches are they're very stern about actually inspecting the helmets and checking to make sure that everything you know. All the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, and that everyone gets their paperwork in because they don't they don't want anybody to get injured. They, they care about these kids too, right. like at their own. So yeah, and back to the rules too. I when you when you start to take the head out of the game, and I understand why it's being done, but now you're looking at you know cut blocks and players' knees are getting involved, mm-hmm. and <laughs> at least from what I've noticed, ACL injuries have skyrocketed exponentially, man. It, and it and it's because of a rule like this because defense defensive players are afraid to go after. A high target zone. Anything above the stomach is it becomes dangerous. Yeah, you're you're gonna get flagged yeah. for it. So now naturally, okay, well, I'm just gonna go take out his legs. Now that's career type stuff when you're dealing with ACL, MCL stuff like that, and it's unfortunate. But I don't know where you draw the line as you know a rule maker or whatever. Something's got to be done though because now we're looking at concussions. Obviously, have a long term effect, but then now ACLs are a short term effect, but. Obviously, those have long-term effects, too, and so I don't know how you combat it, but um, it's definitely an impact of the rule change for sure. Yeah, and at the end of the day, there is no perfect solution. There's no way to really go about this because ultimately, this is a physical, borderline combative sport. It is what it is. When you're going out there, your pads are your armor, and you're going out there, and it's it's a war, you know? It is what it is. Injuries are unfortunately inevitable. But the brain is kind of the number one thing that you want to protect because, like you said, that's long-term, and we've seen some of the effects, and we're starting to learn more about that. So I, I right. see why it is it is scary, but I've had a few concussions of my own, and I'm doing all right. So I, I, <laughs> I don't even think I can count them anymore, but I don't know if that's due to the concussions or I don't have enough fingers, whatever it is. But All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the second half. If you have any commentary or questions, always message us at Twitter, Facebook, whatever you got. Um, so now we're going to end the second half. We're going to move into our overtime period. We've got an interview with our Seven Lakes guard, Darius Alford. Um, swing by and listen to that. Thank you. Welcome to the overtime period here at Cover 4 Katie. We're joined by Darius Alford. Hi, guys. All right, Darius, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? When did you start playing sports? Um, you know, I started playing sports when I was around nine years old uh, when my dad first got my goal. And, uh, I really like watching anime. Uh, the Cavs are my favorite basketball team, and I can sing pretty well, too. So. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> That's interesting stuff. Yeah. Versatile. Yeah, you're going to have to send us some videos or something <laughs> about uh, you singing or whatever. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. All right. Uh, when did you know that basketball is a sport that you were most passionate about? Um, well, my mom 
she never really let me play football. She said it was too dangerous. And uh, I was never really good at soccer. Uh, when I was on the field, I would always like pick flowers and stuff while I was playing. <laughs> and uh, basketball, it was just it was just a sport for me. Like it just came naturally. Yeah, I hear you. All right, so you mentioned earlier to me that uh, Latorno was the only offer you had at the moment. Uh, hopefully that changes for you. But um, former Seven Lakes head coach Dan Miller is the head basketball coach of that program now. Uh, how much of an impact is that going to have on your decision? Um, a pretty big one. Uh, he's a really, really good coach. You know, I've seen him play. I mean, I've seen his team play a little bit, and I've seen how he coaches. I really like the way they play, like their style. So uh, I think it, it might be a pretty big decision pretty big part of my decision. Is the system pretty similar to something that you do at Seven Lakes right now? Oh, yes. It's like exactly similar, like a mirror. So it'll be, it'll be pretty easy to get accustomed to the system. Yeah, I get you. It's, you go in feeling comfortable and probably have a better opportunity to, to get some early playing time, probably start early on. So that'd be good for you. Yeah, right, right. Um, so Alex Burkhart went down in y'all's game against Morton Ranch. Um What's his status like heading into the, the final game of the season and in the playoffs? Is he doing all right? Oh, yeah, he's doing good. Uh, he just played against Tompkins. And um, I think going into playoffs, he'll be perfectly fine and uh, be ready to kill again. So he's doing really well. Okay, good. Um, so Tuesday's game against Strake um, could have some playoff implications with y'all being number three and number four in the district. So what's the mindset of the team heading into that and, and heading into the back end of the season, you know, going into the playoffs? How, how important is it to try and take that three spot? Well, getting to the three spot, it's, it's really important. Uh, playing Bush first round wouldn't be easy. I mean, either way, I think we can win. But um, either uh, with the whole 3-4 situation uh, and winning, it's just, honestly, we come in the same way. That's our mindset. It's just a win is a win. Uh, hopefully, everybody on the team can play on par and help us get the W. No, that's a good mindset to have. Uh, so, one more question: with with all of your individual success, you know, having the scoring record and and then breaking your own record, you know, once or twice, um, and, not, and not to mention it's at one of the top programs in the in the area, a pretty consistent basketball program at Seven Lakes, um, and only having one offer in spite of that. You know, how does that affect? You know the way that you uh, the way that you play and and kind of how you approach the future of your career past uh, just Seven Lakes basketball. Um, you know it doesn't really affect the way I play. Uh, you know this is this is what I do. It's what I've been grinding for. So um, it doesn't really affect me. Uh, it just affects. It doesn't really affect my future either. Uh, I feel like God has a path for me, and whatever path that may be, I'm happy with it. And I feel like that path is going to be with basketball. Uh, so it's just natural to me, and I don't think it's really gonna affect me that much. That's good to hear, man. Sounds like you got a good head on your shoulders, and that's a that's a good, healthy mindset to have. To be honest with you, yeah. um, I do hope that uh, you know you do have some more attention come your way. We, now that we've seen you play a little bit, and obviously we know the numbers and the things that you've done. And if Laterno is the place for you, I hope that I wish all the best for you. I hope that that goes well. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, man, we appreciate uh, you coming on. Uh, that was an awesome interview. Uh, we appreciate taking the time to come on with us. Uh, we're going to share this with everybody. Hope you, hopefully you get some more recognition and stuff like that. Uh, hopefully some more offers come your way, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is a blessing. Seriously, this is a blessing. Yeah, man, for sure. No problem, man. Hey, have a good one. You too.